Hello, friends, and welcome to My Miniature Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Karf. This podcast is about all things miniature. We will explore the world of minis and all its raw talent, dedication, patience, and the new energy of this art form. Hear from miniature hobbyists and professionals from all over the world. We will gain a deeper insight into the creative processes that drive them. We will also explore what their biggest struggles are, their most devastating failures, and the most uplifting successes. I hope to encourage and inspire you in your miniature hobby, because even the ordinary become extraordinary in miniature. Hello, friends. I'm back for another episode of my Miniature Obsession podcast. I hope that you are enjoying your summer. Um, I'm doing better than my last post. I still miss my dad very much every day and, well, probably always will. But I find that keeping myself busy helps, and I think that my dad would want me to do the same. So I've really been, like I said, just keeping myself busy, diving into my work, keeping my mind active. So I've been really busy actually making miniatures for my first subscription box. It's going to be my monthly, I should say, bi-monthly um, subscription box. And I'm so excited to launch this box, which will be July 20th. So the deadline is fast approaching and I'm super excited. So this subscription box will be delivered right to your door every other month. And inside, you will find fun and festive miniatures for your dollhouse or room boxes. They will be seasonal, and they will range from DIY projects, um, already made items to decorate the inside and outside of your dollhouses and miniature scenes. And then they will also contain creations from featured artists from around the world. So I've been having so much fun connecting with all these people, other miniaturists, and bringing these miniatures to your door. So even though the cart won't open until the 20th, I do have some exciting news that I want to share. I actually launched a giveaway starting today. So I will be giving away the first month's box for free. Yep, that's right. I really excited to give this box to someone for free. So how you get entered and signed up is really simple. You just head over to my website micdropminiatures.com and on the bottom right hand side you'll see a little box a giveaway box and if you simply click on that you enter your email and you're entered so you can also find the giveaway post on my facebook and my instagram pages and both of those can be found the handles are mic drop miniatures and if you have any problems with that please just reach out let me know but in advance, thank you for signing up and good luck. But in the meantime, just make sure that you get on the wait list for the subscription box. As you know, miniatures take a long time to make. So, and because I want all the miniatures in these boxes to be handmade, the quant quantities will be limited. So it's really, really important that you get on the wait list. Being on the wait list means that you get first dibs at getting the miniatures delivered right to your door. So it'll be like Christmas every month, or I guess every other month. So to get on the wait list, you simply go to minisubscriptionbox.com. So make sure to get signed up today. 
All right, so a little bit about today's episode. I had the privilege of talking with Shelly from Freedom Miniatures. Shelly is a very talented and very knowledgeable miniaturist. I could learn a lot from her, and I already have in the short time I've known her. She owns a miniature shop in Canada where she not only sells other artist creations, but also her own. You can find Shelly at freedomminiatures.com. I hope you enjoy our conversation, and if you did, would you please share it with a friend, let them know so they can have a listen also, and if you'd be so kind to please leave me a review. I love to hear what you think of this podcast, because I'm here to bring you the best content and conversation I can, so your input is really important to me. And oh, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. So thank you for being here. Take care. And I hope to hear from you soon. How are you today? Not too bad. How are you? I'm good. So Canada, Nova Scotia. Yes. How, how are things in Nova Scotia? Are you still locked down and all that good things? Yeah, <clears throat> right now we're just having a little bit of a, a blip. We've got some community spread that we haven't had in a while. So <clears throat> things are just starting to be locked down a little bit in ways that they haven't before. Nova Scotia, where I am, has done quite well, but uh, we've just had a, a bit of an outbreak with some of the new variants, I think, so. I've always, that's one place on my bucket list to get to. Is it? Yeah, over in that area, I always heard it's really beautiful, especially in like fall time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's always nice here. <laughs> so someday. So when I found out that you have a storefront there, I was like, oh, even a better reason to. Exactly. To exactly. But before we get into that, can you just tell us a little bit maybe about yourself and how, how you came to Love Miniatures? Well, <clears throat> I've probably been more than 20 years that I've been interested in miniatures. Somewhere along the line one day, I just kind of figured out that I liked small things. I was playing with polymer clay and just <clears throat> with some young kids around. And, you know, they're making their animals and whatever. They're, they're usually some sort of creature. And here I am making a little tiny teapot and cup and saucer. I didn't really know anything about miniatures at that point, but I look back on it a few years later and realized that here was this very um, small teapot was actually pretty much one twelfth scale. Oh. I didn't know what I was doing, but it's so small things. And not long after I discovered a pattern for making a dollhouse and started with that, went from a dollhouse to uh, dioramas to furniture furniture just kept shortening the, the time period it would take to, to finish something and uh, <clears throat> I was lucky enough about two and a half years ago to be able to make my living my from my passion so well maybe not my living yet but it's only been two and a half years but we're getting there that's what I was going to ask how long have you had your storefront so yeah. what what um I guess how did that process happen where you're like well, I guess I should start in Canada is how is miniatures there? Do you have like lots of shops? Is there lots of groups? Like we do not have lots of shops. As far as I know right now, there are two in Canada, oh. mine and one in Toronto. That's a, a longstanding shop has been there for a number of years. Um, uh, one other that I know of in Ontario uh, didn't survive the uh, shutdown last year. Um, and others have just gone online instead of having a physical shop. 
So I'm definitely going against the trend, but so I'm seeing you... I'm seeing the benefits of that because I'm seeing that there are more and more people showing up that are working in miniatures. They didn't know each other existed, but now there's this sort of central calling point that creates a, a bit of a thread for people. And, uh, you know, a face group group has popped up for miniature enthusiasts in Nova Scotia. And uh, I keep finding new people to pop into the shop or order things online. And uh, so it, it's, it's bigger than I knew. Whether it was growing or not, I don't know, but it certainly has grown over the past year. There's and much more interest in making miniatures and doing small things, doing things at home and doing things with your hands has certainly um, evolved a lot in the last year. Do you think it's because of COVID? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> because people are, are home more, wanting to be entertained, whether it's with your kids or um, yourself as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, this is, for me, this is all about playing. So <clears throat> it's all about uh, coming and having a good time and using your imagination finding ways to be creative. So how do you feel your business will grow as like people start getting back to work and like, you know, back to the way it used to be? Do you think miniatures will still be as popular as they are now? I hope so. I hope that this is the start. You know, not everybody who maybe tried it for the first time is going to continue, but I think enough will. And, and like I say, the, the, the number of existing miniaturists um, it keeps going up so as they discover one another and you know you develop a bit of a support system that wasn't there before in terms of you know how do i do this how did you do that what color should i use here all the the typical questions you get uh, in the miniature world and they're starting to find local solutions for that so you can say well you know i found it at this store which everybody could get to as opposed to I found, you know, another miniature group might say, well, I got it at Hobby Lobby. We don't have Hobby Lobby. Um, so, you know, we want, local <laughs> we want local sources for materials and all those wonderful things out there that, you know, aren't miniature per se, but we, we refuse to throw away and we find ways to make it into a miniature. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the sources for those types of treasures are, are local and that makes a big difference for people. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I often think like, what did we do before? Like me and you talking today on Zoom, it's like, what did yeah. I do before Zoom? Yeah. <laughs> the connections that you can make is so amazing now with people. So is your, do you mostly focus on 12 scale? Yeah, mostly. I dabbled a bit in, in half scale myself, <clears throat> but the store is almost exclusively at this time, one 12 scale. Although I do have a collection that I just purchased recently, which has a lot of quarter scale items in it. So it was quite a large estate. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting that out and, and cataloged and, and online and in the store as well. I think it would be so cool to own a storefront for miniatures. It, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I haven't gone to work a single day in the last two and a half years. That's awesome. I've gone to play. So do you find people visit your store from all over just to like come to your area for your store? Are you finding that at all they yet? Tend to, they tend to marry it up with a, another trip. Um, the Kenful where, where I live and where my store is, is also um, a health zone sort of, um, we have a, a major hospital. So okay. people come to the area for specialist appointments and that sort of thing. And, and it's interesting how often those 
trips will get married up. Someone three hours away might, you know, not come just for the miniature store, but knowing that I'm here and they've got a medical appointment or an eye appointment or something else or, or a family uh, birthday or anniversary, they'll, they'll, they'll pair the two things up and, and make, a, make a concerted effort to spend some time in the store. That's awesome. And I can't believe, you know, you probably meet some amazing people. At- oh, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so can you, I don't know how much you can tell us, but can you tell us why your store is currently closed for one month? <clears throat> yes, it's a quite an unusual thing to close your yes. store down. Um, but uh, it's a essentially a large commission. I'm working with Peep Media, which is a uh, Nova Scotia uh, film production company. Um, and I'd worked with them before um, in 2017-18, making sets. So the the first work with them was to make sets for a documentary called Bernie Langell Wants to Know Who Killed Bernie Langell. So it's an intriguing title and it's an intriguing story. Um, And uh, so the story was told in the doc using uh, miniature sets and uh, an interview with, with one of the Bernie Langels. Um, and it was really an interesting way to tell a story. The, the, the locations that um, were needed existed in the 1960s. And so they don't exist today. So they were recreated in miniature so that the story could be told. And so now we're working with the same company on a, on a larger project. This is a feature film. Um, so all told, we've got, you know, more than 15 sets that are being built and it's done by myself and um, a friend, friend and fellow miniaturist um, who lives about 15 minutes from me, Iris Sutherland. And so she and I have worked together and created these sets and this um, month-long closure is to be in the studio while the filming is being done with the sets so that we can be there to make adjustments, to um, manage and maneuver the sets in the, in the right way. Uh, and we can, we're can we continuing to build items too while we're there. So it where I'm a sole proprietor, I don't have any staff. Um, it just, while it's it's odd to shut down, uh, it, it was what made the most sense and the, the, less, the least amount of stress and the least confusion, I think, for customers. You know, rather than saying, well, for these three or four weeks, I might be open this day and it might be open that day. Mm-hmm. We'll just keep it clean, clear cut. What, so it's what an really, amazing opportunity for you, though. That it's-, it's amazing. It truly is amazing. And it's yeah. so educational <clears throat> and learning so much just by doing. Mm-hmm. You know, having the first experience of making sets to be filmed, we learned a lot about what you can and can't do well. You know, for example, if you're making a living room, all of the rooms, all of the walls in the room need to be removable. So any one wall may need to be removed for filming from a different angle. So imagine trying to build a room that's strong and stable um, with every wall needing to be removable. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, so, so we learned a lot about what works and what 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 can work better the second time. And it's, it's just in technical items like that, as well as just how to make interesting miniatures and how to recreate something, you know, from, from a different era, for example. So what era, what era is this? Is this also the sixties? 
Uh, there's some in the 60s and some in the 80s. Oh, fine. And some in the current day. Okay. So how long did you get to make 15 sets? The first work began probably close to a year and a half ago now oh. with just some of the things that they knew for sure they would want. But uh, through the past year and a half, um, the development of the story and the script um, and so the shot list um, has been ongoing. And it wasn't until fall last year that we really got the close to the final list of what we needed. So it's been a lot of hurry up and work in the last six, seven months. So is it like animated or is it like real people are going to be like in these scenes, you know, like type thing, like I, I guess. Well, <laughs> How yeah, you... not neither really. It's not an animated film, okay. and uh, they do use um, dolls okay. know, to represent the characters in the story. Um, but there are some interactions with uh, real life elements of the story as well. So when are we going to be able to see my words carefully? <laughs> yeah, I know it. Um, when are we going to be able to see it, do you think? When will it be they're, out? They're not, not certain at this point. Um, they're hoping that it will be able to go on a film festival circuit next okay. year. All right. um, um, so it will either be 2022 or 2023. Um, and that's as specific as they've got right now. Well, hopefully the, you know, us in the U.S. can see it. I don't I know. hope so, yeah. Yeah, that would be so cool. Have a lot well, of friends all over North America who are anxious to see it so I was kind of looking at a map where you are and do you get good deals on shipping because it come on you're like right next to the border are you paying uh, no, doesn't make any difference <laughs> like she's so close though maybe her store she'll get discounts on on shipping <laughs> unfortunately shipping is is a bit of a, a contentious issue in Canada it's, it's not inexpensive so uh, it is a challenge. You know. Yeah, I, I shipped some, just something very little to Canada not too long ago when it was like $13 here. And so it was, yeah. like, oof, it yeah. was just so little. So I feel your pain there. Yeah. But you do <laughs> ship to the U.S. though for I your do. store? Okay. Yep. All right. Well, I can't wait to see your film. That is so awesome. And that's in what scale? Uh, well, primarily 112. Okay. Yeah. So at least you get to still work in your same scale. Exactly. Yeah. So cool. So in your store, can you tell us maybe if you have a bestseller? Like what do people find? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I, I am actually asked that more than once and, and there really isn't any one thing because everybody has a different vision and everybody has a different interest. Um, you know, it could be generic and say, well, the furniture maybe is the, is the, the best seller, but that doesn't tell you very much. Yeah. You know, a, a bathroom set is as likely to sell as a bedroom set or a kitchen set or a living room set. Um, it just depends on what rooms people are working on at the current time. I mean, what they're, what they're trying to, story they're trying to tell. Do you feel yeah. like modern miniatures are more, are becoming more popular? Like, do you have a, a little bit, not, not totally modern but um you know i'd say people are looking for 40s and 50s you know 1940s 1950s um a little bit more current than that but i, I don't have people you know looking for you know furniture you'd find in the furniture store today 
Okay. So what do you personally create then? Is there any, do you have your own personal creations in your store? I do. I have an area where I have pieces that I've created on display. Um, And my preferred approach is basically a room box or a diorama. Um, And and they're all different. It's everything from a fairy house to uh, a New Orleans voodoo shop, uh, a carpenter shop. um, What else have I got there? drawing a blank, a cafe and bookstore. Uh, they're all different. It's just whatever piques my interest at the time. My next one will probably be an English pub. Ooh. So where do you get all your inspiration? Say like for these sets, if you, how do I make this? Or, you know, technically like a, a question about a tool, where do you go for help? Mr. Google. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's one of the wonders of this age that you can find so much information online and whether it's on Pinterest or uh, uh, images on Google or any number of resources, but the internet is the source for, especially when you're doing some historical research. You know, if you want, when we needed to know what was going on, what particular building would have been like or Oh, a military base was one, was that one element of that, what it looked like in the 1960s. You, you head to the internet and then if that doesn't do it, then you try and find a local museum or a resource or library resources that, that will send you that way. Um, but more and more and more, what, what you need is, is online. Yeah, and like I said, what would we do, right? Without the internet, and, yeah, and Zoom. Yeah. And so what, would, so what would you still like clay? Or do you like working more in like woodwork? Wood, wood is my preferred medium. Okay. Um, I love to work with wood. Um, and it doesn't matter whether it's to make a building or to make a table. Um, that's just where I'm comfortable. Um, I've, I've done everything from create a, <clears throat> I had a commission a couple of years ago where I made, um, it was probably about a one third scale a uh, replica of a bicycle for a play uh, and the, the 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 rider for the for the bicycle and most not the rider but most of the bicycle was was wood in some form or another and so if it's not the right shape I'll make it the right shape so is it basswood you're working with or what type of wood yeah mostly basswood yeah okay yeah and you cut it all by hand or do you have some special tools? Oh, no, I have table saws. Okay. <laughs> I have the miniature scaled uh, table saws. Uh, my favorite is not available anymore. It was a PREAC, P-R-E-A-C. Um, and they, I purchased it through uh, Smaller Than Life in New Hampshire. Um, and so now instead of the PREAC, they sell the Proxon, which is also a nice saw. Thanks, because I'm actually looking for one, so I'll have to write that. Yeah. So why don't they make the first one you mentioned? The pre- the, the, the fellow who made them passed away. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. And what was the company that you said that makes them? Yeah, um, Smaller Than Life. Okay. He, um, he sells them. He doesn't, he's not the maker of them, but he's a supplier of them. Okay. Well, you seem very knowledgeable in miniatures. For sure. Well, you know, 20 years, you add up a little bit of knowledge all over the place here and there. Mm-hmm. And I've got, you know, the benefit of um, something that's kind of unique here in Nova Scotia. Um, we have an annual event called Camp Minnehaha. Oh, 
Oh, I was just going to ask if you do any classes. Is that like a class? It, it's, a, it's a five day, five night uh, retreat really to do miniatures. And there is a, a, a set project for each camp. Um, one year we did book rooms, the, the, the type where you take real books and cut them to make a room. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so everybody was given the same volumes um, pre-cut and they decided what kind of a room it was going to be. Uh, mine turned into a cafe bookstore, others turned into, you know, sitting rooms, studies, libraries, that sort of thing, or re reproduction of their family bedroom or, you know, childhood bedroom or whatever. So it's, it's a really nice combination because where most conventions, uh, you know, or house parties and things like that, you have a workshop and it's like, here, here is the thing we're going to make in this workshop and you're going to follow me step by step um, and you'll all end up with the same picnic basket. And that's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. That's, it's not a bad thing. Um, but sometimes you, you need a, a bit more of a creative outlet. And so we start with a basic premise and there are sort of many workshops within the five days where you learn different skills. But at the end of it, what you take home finished or unfinished is up to you, depending on how much detail you want to put in it. But it's uniquely yours because you get to express your own creative um, ideas and um, skills and wishes in, in your project. So 30, 30 plus miniatures will get together for five days and there will be no two projects alike when you go home. So this is your store putting it on or is it like a group you said? No, this is, it's been on, going on for over 20 years. Okay. And it's basically self-run. So two or three or four campers, this Camp Minnehaha, mm -hmm. um, will volunteer to coordinate and, and run the event for the next year. And so they, are you doing it this year? I, I did it three years, a few years ago. Um, and so not... Will be for a while before I do it again. Okay, it's a lot of work, and and with the store, it's a different situation. So, do you know though if it's going on this year with COVID in twenty twenty? Undecided at this point. It didn't okay. take place last year um, <clears throat> due to COVID. It's in September, so at this point, they're waiting to see. They hope to be able to make a decision in June sometime. Okay. This is whether or not it'll be be going on. Well, maybe my dream of giving going up there can happen sooner. That sounds like so much fun. Oh, it's a blast. And it really is because you're there, like I say, five days, five nights. And it's about working in miniatures, sharing ideas. You get it. It's it's relaxed. So you can get up and go see what other people are doing, have conversations. You need a tool. You need a supply. You need some help. Someone will, will have any of those things. Um, there's, there's, you know, social events in the evening, nothing formal, um, but we have a gifty exchange and, and um, table favor exchanges every day at lunchtime, you know, so, so there's a lot happens within that. All right, wait, 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 I'm there. No, it sounds like <laughs> So campminihaha.com. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I used to scrapbook back in the day and we used to do like a weekend, me and the girlfriends, a weekend mm -hmm. thing and we'd all scrapbook and laugh. And so that's kind of what it reminds me of. But very much. Yeah, even better to make miniatures. I haven't done one yet, but I would love to. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you get down here at all to come to any of the shows, like the trade shows or anything like that? Oh, yeah, I had flights booked to go to Chicago. <laughs> Which so, time? Now it's uh, <laughs> well, when, that would have been, I guess, just last year, 2020. Okay, because so, yeah, it's been rescheduled now twice. I think this year, even. Yeah, so it's now off to 2022. But <clears throat> I've been three times, I think, to to that show, to those shows. So, okay, as a vendor or. No, as a as a as a shopper. Okay. Uh, so the last time I was there was prior to my store being open. Okay. So, so I was really looking forward to going as as uh, a, a buyer for my store. Yeah. As opposed to a buyer for myself. Yeah, that's always well. They're, they're, they're sort of one and the same, but not quite. <laughs> so, do you does your store do online event or online classes or anything, or do you? Do no, I haven't gotten into online classes partly because. This past year has been busy with this, yeah. this film commission. Um, but also I, I, I did workshops in my store prior to COVID and they were really successful and popular. I did at least one a month, if not more. And I, I really like that ability to, you know, interact and, you know, and say, well, the, your, your pieces of wood go together like a T, not like an E, and you know, and, and you have to actually demonstrate the kinds of things that I like to teach don't necessarily translate well into online. So yeah. I've struggled with sort of figuring out what I could do. So it's I tough because camera here, camera there, and which one do I look at? And yeah, it can be yeah. hard. And and it's not so much even what what am I doing, is what are the students doing? Oh. And how can I help them? in what they're doing. And if I can't see what they're doing, I can't be any help. So I like to share a skill as opposed to just put A to B to C to D to E and you've got something that's finished. I like the, I like people to go away with something that they can then implement in another project. So whether it's skills in, in aging a front door, so ways to make paint look old, um, or whether it's how to do um, simple wiring with LED lights or um, how to do, how to work with bricks and mortar and the number of things that you can do. So it's more about taking a skill and making it transferable to other projects than, than putting together a piece of furniture. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I know you said Google for like when you're stuck, but where did you learn this trial and error and a lot of yelling and screaming until you figured <laughs> it out? Or did you take classes? Did you, how did you learn? It, um, trial and error, and uh, to be perfectly honest, a lot of it comes from Camp Minnehaha. Okay. Uh, just because it's such a good, open, easy learning environment, and it's, it's such a community that the skills are shared. And, and like I say, there's the mini workshops throughout, so a lot of these skills um, are learned through those little mini workshops, or just walking around the table and seeing that, you know... Um, you know, Beth from Saskatoon is is using brick that I in a way that I haven't done before. What are you doing, Beth? Okay, and then you know that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, but a lot of trial and error, a lot of happy accidents. I wouldn't even know what to even bring. Like if I was going to a retreat, you have, you have to bring all your own stuff, right? That would be so hard. And well, they, they provide a, a suggested like a, a, okay. a suggestion for for a basic toolkit you know, okay. what, what's, what's usually useful. And then if there are any special tools that are needed for that particular project, then they provide 
you a list of those. If you don't have the tool or can't get it, um, you share. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. that kind of a place. So you bring Camp Mini Haha right into your store, and then you can be like, "Here, I have everything you need." If you forgot, <laughs> sounds like a deal. How did you come up? So the name of your business is Freedom Miniatures, and I'll leave everyone the links and everything so they can find sure. it. How did you? Why Freedom Miniatures? Be because it's freedom to play. It's just freedom to be creative. To to you know, if you're not currently classed as a child, you still have a child inside you. And it's that freedom to come out and play and uh, let your imagination go and let that creativity flow. Um, you know, we're so tied down with so many things that this is about, um, I foster creative play. And mm -hmm. so that gives people the freedom to have fun. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Freedom to, I say be stress-free because whenever I get into miniatures, yes. I'm like, all my worries disappear. It's great. I love it. Yeah, time, time disappears. You, you, I got to make supper. Oh yeah. Well, well, peanut butter and jam sandwiches maybe tonight, but you know, it's the kids just, don't need to eat tonight. Yeah, no, not today. No, <laughs> <laughs> they ate yesterday. That's enough. Um, and so it really is just about finding ways to um, help people have fun. Yes. I love that. Well, thank you for your conversation. Anything else you want to leave? No, this has been fun. It's been good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. And I, like I said, I hope to get up there that way. I, so you think fall's the best time to come to Nova Scotia area? Fall's awesome. Um, September and into October is when you're going to see the, the the leaves, the fall foliage that people come for. But really, just about any time is good to come. Um, I mean, winter's never a good time to travel in a northern climate, but our climate wouldn't be dissimilar from what you'd find in in Maine maybe even a little milder than what you'd find in Maine. I'm from Wisconsin, so I uh, I don't want to go anywhere north in the winter because I'm mm -mm. like, I, yeah, I well, we're, we're probably you, you, not even north of you. We may even be set. I have to oh, touch you, but we're definitely east of you. Yeah. Oh, maybe you are a little south. Yeah. Well, then I guess I could come because you're considered south, but I try not to go <laughs> north in the winter too much. As much yeah. as I can. Yeah, finally here the snow, you know, it had it. We had a little dusting today. I'm like, come on, it's it's almost May. We should not have yeah. snow. We had a little dusting one day last week, but we had a very mild winter. Um, very little effort in regards to snow removal. It was it was a nice winter. Not yeah, too cold, not too snowy. Yeah. Well, thanks again, and I can't wait to see what this film this i just it's so intriguing to me i couldn't even imagine doing that so i can't wait to see what that is yeah. well when, when i can and as yeah. it develops i'll be keeping people up to date online on social media so right. i'm looking back I'm looking forward to be able to put some time back into social media i haven't i've been kind of silent lately but uh, another couple of weeks and i'll be back all right well thank you shelly and you have a wonderful day and thanks again for joining me well, thanks, Rachel. Thanks for the invite. You're welcome. Okay. Bye. Bye.